Hey, this is Helen Paradise from SoCal, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is a show where we talk about all things that are important to the world of barbecue and grilling. The show originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. The barbecue capital of the North Coast. By the way, I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here for your Tuesday night's live fire fun and frivolity show. If you want to jump in on the show tonight via phone calls or emails, here's how you do you that. Can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening this evening. Coming up in about 13 minutes from now, it is the first Tuesday of a brand new month. Believe it or not, we are now in February, the lover's month of February. And the first Tuesday of the month brings a visit from no less than two show regulars. Coming up in the first interview segment, of course, the creator of How to Barbecue Right, Malcolm Reed, will be here. The last few days, if they haven't already eclipsed him, of hunting season are quickly approaching or just ended. So we'll see what Malcolm's take was through the season. Last month, I think he said it was more of his son that was doing the killing and Malcolm was doing more of the recharging. So we'll see... What the head count was for Malcolm's hunting season. We'll also see what the deal is. Uh, I think it's been damn near a month since he has released a brand new Malcolm Reed How to Barbecue Right podcast, which I have been a longtime fan of. And like most folks, when I subscribe to something and I get used to a release schedule and then it doesn't happen one week, all right, two weeks, I start to question Third week, what's going on here? Fourth week, I feel like there's something amiss. So we'll see what's going on. Maybe he's just taking a break or he does seasons. That seems to be a popular thing in podcasting these days. Seasons. I'm on the 13th season. A.K.A. years of doing this. Seasons. Man up and do it. Then we'll move to the second, I'm sorry, then we'll move to the second interview portion of the first hour. We call that the 9.35. He's been on the show once before and we talked about his extremely fabulous cast iron seasoning and maintenance products. There's a new thing to talk about this evening. It is, of course, Brad Stewart from Crispy Cream. And I believe that website is crispy.org. Not 
.com, not .net, .org. Somebody has .com, and they're really unfindable on the internet. I've tasked my most prolific black hat to retrace back. They can't do it. So, crisby.org, the website, and Brad Stewart will be joining us to talk about a brand new product. We'll also talk about how 2020 was for him and the cast iron seasonings. And that'll close the first hour. Then we'll move to the second hour, where we will find the other first Tuesday of the month regular guest, Sam the Cooking Guy. Huge on YouTube, of course. Thecookingguy.com's main website, where they're doing all sorts of cooking and recipe sharing and other tomfoolery. And then we will close the show at 35 past the second hour with the one, the only, Laura Paul from Smithfield, where we will be announcing the Smithfield Grant recipients. And the recipients know, I believe there's some paperwork that they had to do in advance. However, nobody outside of those people, and hopefully didn't break confidence because you will immediately get eliminated. I don't know that to be the case. But in my mind, you'll get eliminated if you talk out of school, as it were. So many folks will be tuning in around 1035 to see if their contest is part of the old Smithfield Grant program, which I believe is now... In its is it fourth year or fifth year, it's been going on quite a while. So congratulations to Smithfield and keeping up with the grant program. That's how the show shakes out for you this evening. Don't forget you can follow me socially. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snaps at BBQ Central Show. Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show for video feeds. You can also get a video feed over on YouTube, which is slash RD Rempe. I don't usually do this right off the rip, but, and then there's this. Are any of you Subway fans out there? Subway, the place that brought you the generally named Pitmaster Ramon and the Subway brisket Sando is now in deep water. Ever get that tuna sub at Subway? Ever wonder if you did get it, if that was really tuna? No, I never did either because who in the hell would sub out tuna in place of tuna? And wouldn't you be able to tell if it wasn't tuna? This isn't like that fake-ass crab that you buy in the grocery store that looks like a perfectly shucked crab leg, but it's anything but crab. That's fake. But you can tell that's fake. Can't you tell fake-ass tuna from real tuna? Well, evidently not. According to an article I teased on my social media from the New York Post, two ladies have filed a lawsuit against Subway and reads as follows, or at least a portion. Karen DeWoa and Nilium Amin, both of Alameda County, California, say they ordered tuna from the sandwich giant at locations near their homes as recently as last year, according to a federal lawsuit filed in the Northern District of California last week. But, in a quote, independent testing has repeatedly affirmed the products are made from anything but tuna. The filing, sorry, the filling in the products has no scintilla of tuna in it at all, the suit claims. In fact, Subway tuna is made from a mixture of various concoctions 
that do not constitute tuna yet have been blended together by defendants to imitate the appearance of tuna, close quote. Subway has done this in an effort to save money since the blended non-tuna product costs less. And a quote, aware that consumers place a heightened value on tuna as an ingredient, defendants deliberately make false and misleading claims about the composition of the product to increase profits at the expense of unsuspecting buyers, close quote, the suit charges. Dahawa and Amin were tricked into buying food items that wholly lacked the ingredient they reasonably thought they were purchasing, the court papers allege. Let me ask you something. Is this not the definition of frivolous lawsuit? Ladies, $5 million? Are you serious? How about Subway refunds you the purchase price of the potentially not tuna tuna sub and then bans you from ever showing up at their places of business again? By the way, Subway roundly rebuffs the claims made by these two women. Having been a sandwich artist for almost one year when I was a more youthful Greg Rempe, I can tell you that the skimp isn't going on in the tuna. If there was going to be any skimping, it would be on the seafood sub or on the actual meat, not the tuna. By the way, during my time as said Subway sandwich artist, I think that was a thing. Do they even call them sandwich artists anymore? When I was there, you were a sandwich artiste. It was a magical time in my life. I sold zero tuna subs ever. What I did do was hang out in the walk-in cooler and eat pickle chips from the 10-gallon bucket like it was going out of style. Those things were delicious, crisp, chilled from the walk-in. And no, I did not pick them out with my bare fingers. There was some huge-ass net that we used to fish them out of the bucket. Pun intended. Fish them out of tuna. See what I did? I'm interested to see where this fun and frivolity lawsuit winds up. I have a feeling it's going to get tossed out. Five million bucks, by the way. Are they are they hoping to settle for a mill? I think they're shooting for the large number in hopes of working that back to an amount they would be happy walking away with. Subway, don't settle. Fight it to the hilt. Bleed these women out, calling your awesome tuna subs fake tuna. Not one scintilla of tuna. Scintilla? Is that a measurement? Malcolm makes the all-purpose rub with a scintilla of the essence of Malcolm. Who knows? All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about Primo Grills. The website Primo Grill... They have a unique shape, so we know all the other ceramic cookers out there are round. That doesn't really avail them to be true two-zone cookers. But the Primo is different. It's oval in shape, so you can actually put a divider right in the middle of the firebox. You can move the burning coals over to one side, and then you can have a completely uncold side. I just made that up, uncold. No heat. And then you can cook over no heat for the indirect portion. You can move it over the direct heat to sear and or finish. True two-zone cooking. 
Amazing Ribs loves that about the Primo. They have a bunch of different sizes in ovals, extra large. They also have an extra large Jack Daniels edition. They have a large, and they have a junior. Now, if you just can't get past the fact that this thing is oval, and visually it looks different, and you got to be like everybody else, Primo will accommodate your need to conform to peer pressure by offering a round Primo as well. So you can be just like everybody else, except this one will be a cool black coat. They also have an extra-large gas ceramic cooker. A little pricey. But if you want to be the envy of your neighborhood, that might be something you want to check out. But get an oval. Ovals are fun. Primogrill.com is the website. You can check them out. I believe Tuffy Stone has a Primo. Many people using Primos. At Primo Nick, I believe, is the social media handle of the president of the company, Nick Bauer. It's all great stuff. Love it. Primogrill.com, and we're back with Malcolm Reed right after this. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the creators of automatic pit temperature control technology and seller of other ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans and accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier. That, of course... The Barbecue Guru. Visit bbqguru.com for more information or call them at 800-288-GURU with all of your questions. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. All right, it's first Tuesday of a brand new month, the Lover's Month of February. So let's go ahead and race over to the hotline and welcome back the co-creator of How to Barbecue Right, Malcolm Reed. Hey, Malcolm. Hey, what's happening, Greg? Well, I'm happy to have you back. I wanted to follow up with you as I was stalking, I kids say stalking on social media, and it looked like hunting season was coming to an end. I thought hunting was like a week, or maybe deer season is like a week here in Ohio, or maybe that's just for guns. So what is the actual hunting season for you? Um, man, ours opens October 1st for bow yeah. season, and it goes all the way through January 31st. I mean, there's some various rifle seasons and primitive weapon seasons that go in there. But once it once it opens for a rifle about the, I guess, right around the weekend before Thanksgiving, you can pretty much use a rifle on private land all the way to January 31st. So. What, what's primitive weapon hunting? What does that mean? Uh, muzzle loaders, muzzle loading type weapons. Why would you, um, you, know, why we did you want to use them. that? <laughs> they, you know, they made a crazy state law back in the day. <laughs> Man. But they've, they've changed it to where you can you know pretty much use any kind of weapon you want. It's yeah. not really primitive anymore. I like sport to a degree, but I mean, muzzleloader sounds like we're going to, the English are invading and we're going to have to stand our ground again. I want like automatic hey, I weapons. Used, I used to hunt with one. There was a few weeks there. That was your only choice. And so you had to get the black powder out and put the balls in it with the patch and <laughs> Jam it down the tube and, and go out there and hope your cap went off. It was how, it was old school. Stuff. How accurate is that when you're shooting it? Like how close do you have to be to really hit it? 
um, you know, within 50, some of them up to 100 yards, you're, you know, you're sure. good. So it just depends on how good a shot you are. Indeed. Like everything else when it comes to hunting depends on how good a shot you are. So how did it end up? Did you did you have a big take? Um, You know, I didn't fire a single shot. My, I went, I, I took Michael, my son, with me as much as he would go. And, he, you know, he, he killed him two bucks and a doe this year. So he had a real good season for, you know, to be 11. And uh, as long as he wanted to go, I said I'd leave my gun in the truck and, and, and go with him and try to. Tried to, I tried to do some filming, so we'll see how some of that video turns out. Uh, after it's all butchered out and stuff, does that leave you with quite a bit of meat to eat over the course of the next handful of months or oh, however yeah. you do? We've, we've, got, you know, we've, we've got a freezer full of deer meat, so I've got, you know, I'll, I'll make it till next season usually. Oh, good. All right. So uh, we have a huge weekend coming up. One of the many eating food weekends, especially for us live fire folks. Of course, that being Super Bowl, you have Tampa Bay and you have uh, Kansas City. So first off, let's go ahead and get your pick for who's going to win the Super Bowl. Do you like KC or do you like Tampa? Man, you know, something tells me, it, 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 something tells me if I was betting to probably bet on Tampa Bay since it's basically a home game for them. Yeah. But I'm not going to count uh, Mahomes out, man. They, the, the Kansas City team is hot. And, and as long as he doesn't get hurt, you know, he was kind of limping around with a turf toe yep. in the championship game. He got his bell rung the game before. So it depends on how good Tampa Bay's defense steps up. But the Brady will make some mistakes. He's going to throw some touchdowns, but he's going to throw some picks too. So. You know, I, think I think it's going to be a defensive game. Yeah, I think it's high score. Well, I mean, we're both going to say, you know, high scoring is probably out the window and it's going to end up being a barn burner, of course. But I I just don't see, I can't make any good reason why Kansas City won't roll over Tampa Bay. And in my heart, I want Kansas City for more than a couple reasons to roll over Tampa Bay. I think Tom Brady has an extremely charmed life. I, I, I hate him only to hate him for many reasons, uh, because he's really good at a lot of everything. Uh, but Kansas City beat the Browns, uh, who rung his bell, by the way, as you had just referenced. And uh, the team that beats my team, and plus then they beat the Bills. I thought the Bills had a chance at beating Kansas City, like a legitimate shot of beating Kansas City. I was hoping the Bills would be here. But man, I just think it's a clandestine time where Tom Brady will leave New England and show that he can go win somewhere else. And you see what happens when you take the quarterback away from the Patriots. They sucked. And uh, he went down, put some weapons around him. He's right back to where he's used to being. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it took him a little while to put it together there, but I think they kind of worked their kinks out through the season, and they didn't buy, they didn't coast by any means you know, in their division. I think the Saints were the favorite. You know, The Saints in Green Bay probably should have been there in the championship, but you can't count him out. He's the GOAT. I mean, he's, you know. He's the Darren Wart of football. In order to beat the man, you got to. In order to beat a man, you got to beat the man. So we'll see what happens right. this coming Sunday. Who cares about any of that? This isn't a sports show. We're talking about eating and we're talking about recipes. So what is on tap at the How to Barbecue Right HQ for Super Bowl Sunday? Oh man, you know there's got to be wings on board. That's what that's what Super Bowl is all about. Eating some wings to me. So we'll. We'll do wings several different ways. I'll have to do some pulled pork to make some pulled pork nachos. Um, you know, it, we don't get overboard. We always do like the Memphis style sausage and cheese plates, and we try to keep it, you know, finger food. Something you can grab a plate and still hang on to a beer and 
and watch the game. It's not, you know, it, it's 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 more of a lot of football type food than than it is something big like ribs or something like that. It's like a big graze event, would you say? That's it. You got to you got to bring out all the good dip recipes. You got to have some hot dips and some cold dips and the cheese dips and the and, and and plenty of wings and a little bit of barbecue and you know a lot of good sausages, brats, types, things like that. Uh, what do you like from a preparation on wings? Like, what's your favorite way? Uh, certainly, there's any number of sauces and all this other stuff that you can do after the fact. But let's talk about wing preparation. Maybe what you're looking for in a wing, and then how you go about cooking them and found success. Well, I you know I really like them on the grill. Um, so I, I do them where I get the skin really dry with paper towels and I put like a light coat of oil on them just so they can kind of crisp up and brown up. I keep the simple, the seasoning really simple on them. I mean, sometimes I'll just go with the AP season, like salt, pepper, garlic, and may, I may put a little hot barbecue rub on some of them, but I cook them at a higher temp. It takes about an hour, hour and 15 minutes for me to cook wings, uh, you know, usually about 350 degrees. They get some smoke on them, but you get so much better skin. And I love for the bones to pop out in my wings. I hate to bite into a wing. You got to work it off the bone. You're, you know, you're questioning, is it done or not? Did you still see some of the, you know, up against the bone, how it gets discolored sometimes. So I want them done. I take them up to about 190, 195, well over what's recommended done. But wing, you know, it's mainly skin. Mm-hmm. It's got some meat on it, but I, there's just something about them. When you take them up that high and the bones will just pull right out when you bite into them. I mean, that's, that's how I like to eat a wing. I've been seeing more and more in the preparation part. Is it a light coat of baking powder? Is that what I'm seeing? I, I think Diva does that. Her. And I, as soon as I saw her do it, I mean, she's huge in the space. Obviously, she's doing an incredible amount of content, insane amount of content. And I saw her do it. And then all of a sudden, everybody started picking it up. I haven't tried it myself, but I would imagine this is for uh, a crisping or, or getting a more crispy skin because, you know, she's cooking it in, in some form of a Traeger. Yeah, you know, I've tried the bacon. I've tried the bacon powder. I've done it with cornstarch. Um, I've done it on the pellet grill. Done it with the vortex to get it really crispy, and it does kind of give it a little bit of a, a a fried, you know, kind of a fake fried on a grill. But I think if you crank the temp up and you get some oil on the skin, it, it turns out even better than using some kind of starch. Uh, Malcolm Reed joining us here on the show. How to right dot com, the website. Of course, you can find them over on YouTube. And subscribe there as 1.17 million of you are currently doing as of this afternoon. Uh, anything else from a Super Bowl eating extravaganza that you're planning on this weekend? I'm doing, I'm actually going to do a video. We're going to hopefully release it this week. I'm going to try to shoot it tomorrow. My version of, so you know barbecue nachos. I'm going to do a barbecue nacho burger. We're going to take a burger. I'm going to smoke it. I'm going to glaze the burger with some barbecue sauce and then pile pulled pork on top of that oh patty. My on the bun and then drizzle it with nacho cheese and then some barbecue sauce and a little bit of rub and crispy jalapenos on top. So it's going to be the best of both worlds. Wow. No doubt. Uh, will you be grinding your own burger meat or do you get it already ground? No, I, w- I bought some 80, 20 ground ch- uh, certified Angus beef ground chuck, man. It's, it's hard to beat that hamburger meat. Did you get that at the super, at the super low? Super low foods, man. You know it. <laughs> yeah, the only reason it's I know that, place. and that leads me into my next question, is uh, at least for a month we've been without the How to Barbecue Right podcast. What's going on with it? Well, we're we're gonna have the first episode back this week. All right, we, we've kind of you know it's it's time to get back to the grind. This was the official first week back, and so we're gonna record episode Friday morning, and launch it out that day, and it'll be 
season four, episode one. All right, I was going to say, like, I've seen more and more podcasts go into a season, like a Netflix will do a season, and uh, you're certainly not, like, dropping 15 out where you've done a, a backlog and you just do a dump like a Netflix show would do, but you uh, do them between X time and X time and then allow yourself some some time off on the back end, it seems. Well, we just, we take, you know, I take my hunting break. So we detach from all of it, and that's kind of what separates our seasons from going into it. And we we really don't bank podcasts because I like them to be whatever's going on at the time. So I'll shoot my video tomorrow. That's what we'll be talking about, the main focus of the podcast, and then whatever else we've been up to all this off time. So that's kind of how we've always done it. I mean, I know it probably would help if we if we got ahead a little bit, but give us some wiggle room. But we don't we're not that good at scheduling. Yeah, well, I don't know. I I tend to agree with you because of how that podcast is structured with a pull the curtain back so you can see how that video went and you you talk about things you might be doing later in that week. I'm always listening to it, I think, on a Monday as I'm getting my morning run in. So it's always kind of like after the fact of a release, but you're talking about maybe what you're going to be doing the next video, but then you're also breaking down what you did the last time. So I don't know how far out you could get unless you had a bunch of video banked and you were just talking about that. So which would probably be tough to do anyway. So I think the the way you have it going right now is the way that it should be going. The good news is I got a whole month ahead of you on downloads, which I need because, you know, we're like pretty much tied at this point for downloads every month and over the course of the year. So hopefully I can stay just a shade ahead, but it's going to be tough. Uh, competitions this year in 2021, Malcolm. Like how does the schedule look for you right now and like, did you have a certain mindset in November as to how it might look? And now that we're in February, has it changed at all? I actually sat down and looked at the schedule today, what we were going to do. And there's five or six, you know, before, before May that we may attempt. Um, it really depends on this, you know, this ongoing pandemic COVID situation. If, um, you know, if these contests make, we're going to try to get the ones that are within close driving distance to us, at least uh, there's a mix of, um, KCBS, MBN, and SCA that I want to do. Some of them are doubles where you can do an SCA along with one. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Yep. Um, are you, do you think there's a lot of, uh, what are they calling it, pandemic fatigue where people will, maybe last year they weren't really up to taking a risk because there wasn't so much known about all of this stuff. And then, you know, almost a year later, we know what we know and, some people are like, hey, fuck it. We're just going to go ahead and do it anyway, and we'll take the risk because we just want to do something. I know, I know we are. We're, you know, I'm, we're sick of it. We're ready to get out. And I think that's a consensus with everybody. You know, People just want to go get back to life, get back to normal, what we were doing. So that means cooking barbecue contests for us, have, seeing our buddies, having a good time. And you know, luckily, where we are, there's you know, a pretty good bit of contest around us where we don't have to travel too far to do one. So. I'm hoping some of them make. We signed up for Memphis and May again. We'll see how that goes. Did they give you an idea when they would make the call on that? No, they. You know, it's just like last year. They they didn't they um, they'll wait up till probably the last minute and you know, see how some of these other contests do. Now it seems that the SCA will be rolling more or less full steam ahead. With that in mind, would you see yourself doing more steak contests, uh, especially if some of these barbecue events start to fall off? I probably will just so we can get out. I mean, you know, last year I didn't, I didn't, I don't even know if I even cooked them maybe one, 
Um, I really let my I really let Michael cook in almost. He got into it, but I don't know. He he hadn't said anything about cooking steak. If he finds out we're going, he's probably going to want to. So, uh, so I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely want to go to some and just to just to get out the house. You know, we've we've got to you know, get back and see everybody and have a good time and all that stuff. So I'm I'm anxious for that. Do you think a lot of what is winning in SCA last year is going to be carrying over to this year? I don't really think you know. Aside right from the beginning in that. March to mid-April. I think they started having events fairly quickly after that middle of March. Um, I remember talking to Rusty and Anthony from Pitmasters podcast when they went to the first one out out there in Utah or whatever it was. But then they seemed to really just put the hammer down and 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 have contests pretty much unfaced. Do you think that they're going to be whatever is winning back then is is going to still carry the day at this point? Uh, you know, it always changes in SCA. I mean, that's the great thing about it. Any given day, you can have somebody new win with just whatever they're doing at home. That's what I mean. I know there's a lot of guys that put you know a ton of hard work into it and using the same seasonings and really getting it down. But man, I've had luck just keeping it simple and and throwing a good stake at the judges. So I don't, you know, I don't. It's hard to say if I mean, one flavor just dominates it. I mean, if I had to pick one flavor that dominates SCA, it's salt. I mean, as long as, as long as you get a steak that tastes good and it's got you know enough salt to to carry the rest of the seasons through it, it's going to do okay. You know? Would you put MSG on a steak? Um, yeah, we always do. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's a that wakes it up. I mean, right. that's a, you know that's kind of a, been always a, a competitor's thing that you know judges say they don't like MSG or they're allergic to it, but I guarantee you they love it because they get it with every every bite they take. I've seen a lot of, uh, well, the tying of the steak has been around for quite a period of time. I think the first time I saw somebody tying a steak was when we were all down in uh, Fort Worth for the NBBQA uh, convention there three years ago or whatever it was at this point. But now I'm seeing pins going into the sides of the steak as well. So they're tying and pinning. Do you have uh, whatever these pins are and, and will you be partaking in steak pinning? <laughs> Uh, you know, I've, I've I've put toothpicks in them before. I've never used the pins. I mean, they look like the the old biology pins from Biology Lab, or you know, you got to tag the frog and all that stuff. But I don't know. Tying seems to work. Um, I I you know, I, I don't tie real tight. I give it just enough to hold it together in case some of that fat tries to separate. That's what it's all about. I kind of like that natural steak look as much as I can get it. So I don't know the pins. I guess they work for some of those guys. They're doing good with them. So. It wouldn't be something I would, you know, be quick to switch to. Malcolm Reed joining me here on the show from How to Barbecue Right. Malcolm, uh, for the last couple of minutes, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about cooker recommendations. Uh, maybe people got some extra Christmas money laying around or as spring starts to roll in, uh, you know, the, the onslaught of books is only around the corner. And, of course, people are going to want to start to get outside, especially if you live in a thermal area where I do and it sucks uh, right now and typically about seven months out of the year and you want to get out and start cooking. Uh, give me your best entry level cooker recommendations. Let's say somewhere between 300 to $700. I would go with the drum. I, I think, I mean, now that's assuming you got a Weber kettle because I think everybody needs a Weber kettle. That's the grill to learn on. You can, you can, not only can you grill on it, you can set the thing up and smoke on it. And they make just, you know, we've talked about it before, they make a ton of attachments for it. So yep. that's, that's the, the, the 101 grill to me. So the that's gateway drug to barbecue is the kettle grill. Yeah, it, it really should be. <laughs> it should be. No doubt. Now, from there, where you go, it depends on, you know, 
how easy do you want it? Do you want do you want to sacrifice flavor and go the pellet route and get a cheap pellet grill? There's some, you know, there's plenty of them out there. Yep. In that, if you got seven hundred bucks to spend, there's some great ones. They all cook about the same. They're made out of about the same kind of materials. Uh, it's it kind of gets into a brand thing. Customer service is what I would look at in those. But for me, if I, I was going to buy the second grill after I had my kettle, I want authentic flavor. I'm going to go drum. Because one, I can build one. There's, you know, Big Papa makes a great kit that you can find just a food grade, refurbished drum, put it together real simple, and then you've you got a cooking machine. That's what I have on my barbecue trailer. Now, I've got, you know, a couple fancy gateways and all that, and I love cooking on those, but that homemade home kit drum is a is a beast, and I've got maybe 200 bucks in it. Yeah, and in, so, in that three to $700 range, too, you'll find a pit barrel cooker as well. Yeah, yeah, pit barrel. That's a fine example too. You know, they're they're along that same thing. The drum design. Um, the what makes them so great is you're cooking over fire. There's enough distance in there to where it's not grilling the meat. You actually have like a two zone setup because of the distance. But your meat's dripping on that fire, and you just can't reproduce that flavor. And you know they cook. They cook. Uh, if you want to cook hot and fast, you can get some meat done in time. You can slow them down, cook low and slow, put a pit temperature device on them. I mean, they're just versatile. Uh, from a mid level, so let's call that eight hundred to twelve hundred bucks. What do you like, or what would you recommend? Um, it, I guess it would. They would now. That's where it would start saying, "Do I want to be a purist and go with the stick burner, like Oklahoma Joe style, or something like that?" You know, one of those type pits where I got to feed it, feed it wood, and really watch the fire and learn how to do that. Or do I want to keep it simple and get a pellet grill? I would probably lean towards. Something like the Ironwood 885 from Traeger. Um, I love those grills. They're, you know, I've, I've tried my best to tear one up and I can't do it. And for, you know, I think 1200 bucks right in that range, something like that. It's a heck of a grill, Wi-Fi, all that. But, I mean, is it any better than, say, a Gorilla Grill down, you know, the Silverback that's down there around 700 and something? I don't know if it's that much better. It just has a Wi-Fi feature. So, there's, you know, you got Rectech in there. You got Green Mountain Grills in there. All those guys, you just kind of trade off a little bit of the real smoke flavor for the ease and for the convenience and for the technology that comes with it. And I'm a fan of it, man. I think pellet grills are, you know, have a place. I mean, I cook on them all the time. Yeah. Just like I cook on my stick burners and my drums and my eggs and all of it. A uh, high level or where money doesn't seem to be an object. So anything north of 1500 bucks, what would you recommend if somebody had an open checkbook and was asking for your best thoughts? Oh, Hickory. That's what I would go with. I would yeah. go towards the MM or the CTO. Nice. Those those pits are they're money makers for one. If you ever fall on hard times and you need to get you start a barbecue business, you got a foundation. Uh, they turn out fantastic barbecue. You can you know now I don't know what the price on them are now. I imagine they're around five or six grand. You could probably pick up a used one for around forty five hundred maybe. <laughs> but you you know that that's a it's it's a. A recreational guy's grill that's really a commercial grill. You know, you could open, you could put those in restaurants, and people do all the time. There are your suggestions and recommendations from the one and only Malcolm Reed, who was also predicting a Bucks win this coming Super Bowl Sunday, so we'll see how that turns out. In the meantime, you can check Malcolm out at howtobbqright.com. Subscribe to him on YouTube, and the first Tuesday of the month, you find him right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Malcolm, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Hey, always a pleasure, Greg. See you next month, All man. Right. There he is, Malcolm Reed. You betcha. I didn't get his uh, make love recipe for Uh-oh. Valentine's Day. Maybe next year. All right, we got 
Brad Stewart from Crisby Cream coming up next. He took me off guard with the old hickory. Great suggestion, though, by the way. He did mention this, Green Mountain Grills. That's right. Some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. They have two different lines or 2.2 different lines, a choice line which is the original of the gang. Then they have a Prime line. Then they have a Prime Plus. So I will talk to you about those very briefly. So the Choice line is the one that started it all, as I had mentioned. There's no tech or anything fancy schmancy, just a solid cooker that's going to produce consistent results. All good stuff here. You got a Jim Bowie. You got a Daniel Boone. Now, if you want to spend a couple hundred extra more bucks so you can get two internal meat probes, you can get... Wi-Fi connectivity. You can cook with your app and make adjustments in that way. You can have peek-in windows on the main cooking chamber, the pellet hopper. You can have a little bit more of a substantial build and a non-fold-down front shelf. Prime line is something you're going to want to take a look at. If you want to spend a couple extra hundred more bucks on top of that, you can get the Prime Plus. That'll get you some headlights in the main cooking chamber as long as, uh, as well as some other items. It's up to you. They sell through dealers, so go to GreenMountainGrills.com, find a dealer near you, and then make an appointment. Go check them out. You can ask all the questions you want of the dealer. They are educated to then, in turn, educate you to make sure you're having a great buying experience and you know how to use it right off the bat. GreenMountainGrills.com is the website. They have rubs and sauces and other accessories. If you get the Jim Bowie or the Daniel Boone, of course, as I say each and every week, get the pizza of an insert as well. It's fun. High-heat pizza. Doesn't get any better than that. GreenMountainGrills.com, and we are back with Brad Stewart right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com. So if you have one of those pellet cookers, you got to fire them up. Why not use the best pellets out there on the market today? Your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com as well. My next guest is someone providing a product that serves a sector of our live fire community known as cast iron, selling his wonderful cast iron seasoning products. But tonight, we are also going to be talking about a new product that has just recently been released to the market. So let's go ahead and hit the hotline and welcome back Brad Stewart. Hey, Brad. What's going on, Greg? I am happy to have you here, Mr. Crisby. You got a nice fire roaring in the background, which I appreciate. Hey, it's Florida. It's cold here. <laughs> oh, like how? Like what, in, what's cold? It's in the 40s. Oh, okay. 40? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty cold for yeah. us. For you guys, that's downright bone chilling. Uh, perhaps uh, out, if you go outside, there's a biting wind. Those are things that we say up here in the north. Yeah, you don't go out. Just don't go out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just stay inside. <laughs> Good idea. Uh, Brad, before we get into some of the the well, the new product that we're going to be talking about, let's talk about the cast iron portion of the business or the Krispy Kreme, kind of that flagship product. 2020 was a year like no other, and a lot of folks 
that were in this side of the business had record years. They were some of the best years that they've ever had outside of the food service industry portion. Even some of those uh, did pivot quite a bit and found some success, uh, perhaps not to the degree that they normally would. But in a lot of cookers and fuels and accessories and all this other stuff, uh, people were just selling out and having a hard time keeping inventory. So how did Crisby work out at the end of 2020? Yeah, we absolutely killed it. Honestly, we uh, were in quite a few more new retailers. Um, we just, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, we are in uh, Meat Church's place. Uh, was happy to get in his store. Uh, but yeah, we probably haven't really finished our accounting for the year, but uh, probably almost doubled our uh, for our year to date. Uh, so just pretty big. Um, and no other reason than COVID, um, that we can think of. It's not like we just came up with anything new, you know, it's just everyone's at home and they're cooking and a lot of cast iron seems to be really, uh, like the niche thing to do is using cast iron and people are finding, how forgiving it is and how easy it is to cook on and how great you can sear a steak on it. Uh, so there we are helping people get them ready to cook. So we're in a good spot at the right time, I think. Yeah. I mean, it seems like it's absolutely uh, beautiful. I mean, doubling is uh, is certainly something you would hope for a uh, year over year, probably not realistic to think that that's going to happen, but uh, not, not too bad. When you are budgeting then for this year, do you have to toss 2020 out and, and not expect the same results? Or do you, you know, think that at least for the yeah, first half know, of the year, you might? You know, last time that we were on the, uh, that, that I was on, it was, you know, right. At, I think what we're a couple months after COVID started and we were, we were going crazy and you asked me pretty much the same thing. And now I've got a manufacturer that's doing a lot of the work for us. And honestly, uh, we're, uh, we're probably looking to increase at least by, at least by a couple hundred percent this year. Um, we've got several new products coming out and, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're looking to get a lot bigger. Um, we're working with, uh, never thought I would be interested in it, but we're probably by this summer going to be in a lot of Walmart stores, at least in the sporting goods. Uh, so yeah, I've got a, a guy working out in California with, uh, some buyers. We're getting ready to meet with them, uh, here in a month or so. Uh, I was never, that, that was never my intention to be like in Walmart stores. I just, I like the little niche barbecue shops and Amazon, of course, that's what we normally sell on. Uh, web sales are good too, but. But yeah, who knows? Maybe it will be in all the Walmart stores. Do, do you not want to get on to Walmart because you've heard horror well, stories or you wanted to like do a control? I would imagine doing it the way you are and then all of a sudden having to go into any number of Walmart stores could potentially have yeah, kind of a log jam. I guess it's, it, I, I just never pictured being in the stores and I never pictured being anything like, like what I'm doing now anyway. Um, you know, the little stores where I can meet the owners, you know, go in and where I can go to egg fest and stuff people's goodie bags, you know, the cook bags, I'm more of a hands-on and now, you know, it, it's, it's difficult for me going with corporate people, 
um, sitting down in offices and doing Zoom calls all over the place. Uh, I just never, it, it never interested me, you know, but hearing that I might have an order for 2,000 stores, um, you know, I'm like, what? How many? <laughs> uh, so that kind of, you know, that, that's got my interest. It, I'm not really into this for money. Um, I'm, I'm in it for, you know, I enjoy what I'm doing. So are you independently I, wealthy course, otherwise? Uh, no, no, not at all. <laughs> no, I'm not independently wealthy. All right. Um, no, no, I, I, I'm just saying I'm not in it to be a bazillionaire. Um, I mean, good God, I just threw away money on, uh, game stock, GameStop stock. So yeah, I, I'm, I almost was independently wealthy, but yeah, it crashed. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, uh, my, my main man, Jordan Belfort was calling for a crash to happen, you know, sooner than later. You didn't, you wanted to be on the, the beginning of that swoop up and not the last guy to, to jump on the bandwagon. Well, so. Yeah, I'm still early in it. Yeah. I, I I got in it early, so oh, I'm, good. I'm still ahead. <laughs> All right. But uh, not independently wealthy. Uh, a couple Walmart orders would make me independently wealthy. Yeah. Um, good. yeah, and fortunately, we're lined up now. I guess everything works out. You know, lined up with a manufacturer that can, can knock out 100,000 uh, of my Crispy Sticks, you know, in a couple of days, where that would take me – I used to do like – 150 sticks per hour was when, when we first started. And up until a couple of years ago, that was, that was kind of like my rate of, of uh, production. So uh, now we're in, it's a totally different thing now where I'm not really in, in control of that anymore other than, you know, just being there and watching the production runs. I, I don't really do anything anymore um, other than, talk to nice people like you social media so we uh, got uh walmart. My daily we got walmart in the offing so that sounds like it could be a good yeah. thing uh and we also yeah. have a new product to talk about that's been out for a little bit and i have to say i have a, a bunch of knives uh i would say a handful of those knives are wooden handled and i also have one wood cutting board and I always get confused with wood's bad, wood's good. So I, I've always kind of steered away from the wood. But I do have a nice wood cutting board, a certified Angus beef game. Then after a couple washes, things ashy looking. And it's nowhere near as sexy as it was when it came out of the box originally. Likewise, the wood handles on my steak knives are uh, uh, weathered, to say the least. Yeah. And uh, the thing I always hear is, well, you just get some food-grade oil. And I'm like, well, what does that even mean? And do I go to Amazon and put food grade oil? And by the time I want to actually put some effort into it, I forget about it. And then I pull the knives back out of the dishwasher, which is probably part of the problem. Anyway, I'm not hand washing. And uh, I think, Oh flip, I got to do this food grade oil again. And then I saw that Crisby was coming out with a wood conditioner. So uh, where does this whole thing start? Where does it get its Genesis? Well, you know, doing all these egg fests I've been doing for uh, ever, uh, seems like forever, hanging out with really good cooks and chefs and really good cutting boards, uh, again, just trying to expand the business and 
looking around and, you know, I just finally said, you know, I think I could make a better setup than, than what's out there. Um, I'm not going to throw some other names out there, but there's a lot of them. They'll have a, uh, an oil step one, you put the oil down and then you come back and put a paste on top of that to kind of make it waterproof. And, uh, basically, uh, I just thought it would be maybe a little easier, friendlier, uh, for the user to have just one product. So screwed around with it a little bit, Greg, for it, it took me a good solid year of, uh, of working, uh, before I got, uh, what, what I finally came up with was a, a really low viscosity oil, which was really good for penetrating into wood. Um, and I just got the right amount of bee wax mixed into with it. So just kind of tied them both in together, you know, so you're, you're sealing it and you're also penetrating it. So you're preventing the wood from drying out. Um, and you can just go back, you know, after every time, if you have to wash your cutting board for whatever reason, you can, just put another light application on it and you're good to go. Uh, how do you so, uh, like, can you tell us exactly like how you would use it on knife handles or something like this? Yeah, sure. A knife handle like you've got, uh, that hasn't been touched up much, uh, in, in the past years, I won't say abused, but I'll say neglected, <laughs> neglected, Greg, you neglected your stuff. Yes. So what we're going to do is just, you're going to put, for something that's really neglected, you're probably going to put a nice thick coating on it, throw some, uh, some nitrile gloves on or just a rag, heavy coating, and let it sit on there. If you can watch it for the, an hour or two, just keep putting it on. Make sure it's soaking in. Then leave it on there over like overnight. <laughs> the following morning, just wipe it down, and it, it'll, be, it'll look like a brand-new knife. It really will. Uh, just typically one application. Now, for new cutting boards, uh, you know, say someone just crafts a brand new cutting board, you've got a, a little more uh, work because, you you know, you've got wood that's never been treated. That knife has been treated in the past. So uh, a, a brand new cutting board, you're probably going to do that every single day for a week. Um, and let it sit, you know, a good 12 to 24 hours in between applications. Um, and then after that, you're probably only going to need once a week for the first four weeks. Uh, and then just monthly for maintenance. What are we looking but, at uh, from a price point? Well, we're selling eight ounces for eleven ninety five, So pretty reasonable. Um, I'm making a buck, you know, I'm making a couple bucks. My wholesalers are going to be able to make a couple bucks. So it's, it's a fair price. It's probably a little bit less than, uh, well, it's considerably less than what you're going to spend. Uh, if you're buying a separate food grade mineral oil and a wax sealer. So, and that was another thing, trying to save a little money for the consumer, uh, which, you know, this day and age people care about yeah no doubt uh is there is there a certain amount of time that a tube should last if you're just like in a maintenance interval i mean obviously if you like you had mentioned if you got a new board you're going to be racing through it a little bit quicker but 
if most of your stuff has been treated and you're just in maintenance, is that something that could last? I mean, and I guess it would depend on how many knife handles you have and all that other shit. But I mean, you're looking at maybe sure, uh, yeah. two, three months before you'd have to reorder again. I would think uh, a bottle, if you've already got an existing, say, three wood cutting boards, average size, and maybe six to a dozen knives, uh, wood utensils, you know, your wood spoons, uh, probably going to last you about a year. Oh, wow. Uh, one bottle. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, it, it goes a long way. Yeah. Extrapolate that out. Now, you I mean, tried it's pennies it on a, a day. Knife. Yeah. You tried it on one of your knives, right? Yes. You, yes. I had a custom knife uh, made by a guy here in Cleveland uh, that I neglected to handle. And I, that was the first thing I tried it on because that, that's really what sparked my interest in, in buying it was I had this great knife and I took a dump on the handle and I wanted to make it nice again. Uh, this was an easy thing. Yeah. And, uh, it, man, it shined it, or I mean, it made it look so much, it made it look just like I got it, you know, uh, five or six years ago when the guy made it for me, it was great. And so, and really easy too, just like you said. Yeah. Yeah. We had a knife, like we've been married 35 years and, and Linda said she thought that was a wedding gift. It was an old Chicago cutlery on our Instagram post. Uh, if you check out Crisby puck. You can see some photos of uh, of one application on that, and yeah, I pretty much neglect my knives. Also, uh, I think everyone does. You know, everyone does. We we all neglect. Uh, well, I shouldn't say we all. Most of us. Yeah, no right? doubt. Some some of us have OCD, and and neglect isn't part of the process. But otherwise, you wouldn't be able to go to bed at night. Uh, from a new products rollout this year, uh, when do you think you'll be releasing some new stuff? Uh, actually Friday, I just took a couple, uh, a couple things up to our manufacturer to get priced out. We're doing some, uh, just some small little tins, uh, that'll be available probably here in, in a few, probably within a couple months, Greg, we'll have, uh, just a couple small little tins you can throw in a backpack, take with you <laughs> hiking. Um, they're going to be real simple to use a uh, much lower price point. Uh, and we're also working on a uh, on a on a new soap. Uh, we're we're looking on a a cast iron soap that's going to not only clean your cast iron but also remove rust. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, oxalic acid uh, in the soap, and it works wonderful on on removing rust. So. That'll be really big in the industry for cast iron because, of course, that's one of the biggest complaints is how do I get rid of rust? Right. So, crispy soap's going to take care of that for you. <laughs> that's probably uh, – that'll be uh, – we're hoping to have that up by May, uh, up and running. All right. So, so we'll, but, we'll be on the Then after time. that, I don't know what. I need to take a break and not do anything new, man. Just, that's right. Well, I mean, depending on how it goes, you just might need to be around to, to help keep up with sales and make sure the ship is running right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. A little more family time would be nice. Right. Um, getting around and seeing some folks that are um, kind enough to have us in their stores. That's that's a, always one of my favorite things. Right. I want to give a shout out to uh, BJ Chain of Lakes. Uh, over in Winter Haven <laughs> on the 21st, my son and I, Palmer, my son, and I will be there at their egg fest. It's one of the few egg fests here, Greg, uh, that are, that are still on schedule. Um, but we're going to be out there, Palmer and I, 
we're going to be doing some demo and while people are walking around eating food we're just doing some some cast iron care and also our new wood cream product crispy cream wood crispy cream wood all right so uh check them yep. out over at that egg fest uh, before i let you go brad uh, do you have a pick for this coming super bowl kansas city or tampa bay i'm going with the goat that's right gotta be tampa bay Florida team, of course. Go with the goat. Got to go with the goat. All right. That's right. <laughs> uh, Crisby.org is the website. I'll have that in the show notes, of course. So if you got wood or you got cast iron, you got both, they got products for you. Brad, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing it. Hey, Greg. Thanks, man. Have a great night. You got it. There he is. Brad Stewart from Crisby Cream. Crisby, C-R-I-S-B-E-E. Crisby.org is the website. And again, I'm a big fan of the Crisby Wood. I know you guys are maltreating, maltreating, mistreating, neglecting. That was the word. Your knife handles and your wood spoons and all that stuff. So let's stop doing that immediately. I'll talk to you quickly about B&B Charcoal. bbcharcoal.com is the website. Makers of lump charcoal, makers of great briquette charcoal, makers of char log charcoals and wood pellets and wood splits and wood chunks and wood chips and all that good stuff. Find them over at your local Ace. That's where I get mine. And that is bbcharcoal.com. We are back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Hey, this portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, and the new Fireboard 2 Pro with the thermocouples. You can monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously, connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring, or connect via Bluetooth. And if you have Alexa or the Google Assistant, you're in luck because Fireboard 2 is fully integrated with both. Fireboard.com, the website, 816-945-2232. If you have any questions, Ted Conrad and the gang over there at Fireboard. All right. Thanks again to Brad Stewart from Crisby. Again, if you have neglected wood handles and spoons or anything wood, the cutting board, as I had mentioned, Crisby Wood is what you need. And if you have cast iron, I see Guy the Cooking Sam says he has a whole lot of cast iron. Stover has a lot of cast iron. He's ruined too many good cast iron pants. Got to get the Crisby Cream. Easy to use. And if you need to re-season it right from the beginning, there's a whole process listed on the back of the tube. Walk you right through it. And then you can go into maintenance mode after that. Crisby.org wonderful stuff and so is the wood stuff I'm so happy I think it's kosher too so if you have if you keep a kosher household and you need to shine up your neglected knife handles or other wood products shine your wood get the crispy wood easy stuff 11 bucks could last you a year he said I was thinking like you know three weeks four weeks no no 11 bucks that's a dollar a month less than a dollar a month well, maybe more with shipping, but whatever. It's right around a dollar. All right, we're uh, going to be pointing to the second hour. 
refresh your libations, and we'll be back with some hot takes. If you want to jump in, 216 Stand by. We'll be right back.